belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. This week's service is called Practicing Humility for October 25th, 2020. The location is Vesters Point, Mount Sequoia. The speaker is John Ray. Dallas Willard, as most of you all know, was one of the preeminent Christian scholars of recent times. He was head of the philosophy department at USC and an acclaimed speaker. And this story is told of a day in class, an undergraduate class, when a young and arrogant student relentlessly argued a point with Willard as the rest of the class watched in horror, watching this young kid take on this preeminent scholar. Willard let the student go on and on and on in the point that he was making. And while the rest of the class waited for the time when Willard would respond and put the student in class in his place, instead he simply listened. And then when the student was finished said, well, that's enough for class today. And ended the class. Well, the rest of the students were appalled. They were like, how can you let this young person with such a with such an arrogant, ignorant argument come up and make this in front of the whole class? Willard's response was, I am practicing the discipline of not having the last word. Friends, I want you to know today that I in no way, shape, or form have the last word when it comes to humility. In many ways, I am the least qualified person to speak on this. Now, don't take this as simply a self-deprecating remark. I'm not trying to humble brag here. <laughs> what I mean is that, yes, as an individual person, I am as guilty of pride as anyone, maybe more so. But if that disqualified a person from speaking on humility, who's going to speak? None of us could speak. What I mean when I say this is as someone who has, for over 30 years, helped provide leadership to a church body, someone who is a vocational minister, a professional Christian, if you will. I have much to answer for. I don't think I have to tell anyone here that if you were to ask the average person on the street right now how they would describe the church or Christians in general, humble would maybe be one of the last words that they would use. And this is tragic. It reflects a betrayal of the one we claim to follow. It is a devastating rejection of our calling. It is evidence of deep-rooted sin and deception at our core. And it is something that those of us who help provide leadership in the church must be the first to accept responsibility for, to repent of and to seek to address with every fiber of our being. 
You see, as much as I want to distance myself from those people, right? We all know those people. As much as I want to say, no, I'm not like them. No, I'm not one of them. No, I'm, I'm different. No, I don't believe that way. I, I can't do it. it. It just doesn't work that way. Jesus came, in, came to give himself for the whole world, not just those who perform or believe correctly. Likewise, Jesus gives himself to the whole church, not just those who follow perfectly. It does no good for me to stand up here today and talk about humility without first confessing my own pride and also my own complicity in allowing it to be manifest in the church. It does no good to make excuses for our little part of the body when pride is so rampant throughout the whole body. Everything is connected to everything else. Everything is connected. So we need to ask God to have mercy, starting with us. Now, you may be tempted to think I'm making too big a deal of this, but as we're looking at the practices and disciplines that form us more and more into the image of Jesus for the sake of others, we have to recognize that humility is essential to everything we're talking about. The church has traditionally considered pride to be the deadliest of the deadly sins. It even sounds strange saying that in the world that we live in right now, where pride is, is promoted as a virtue, as a right. And yet, historically, the church has considered pride as the deadliest of the sins, the one to be avoided at all cost. How have we gotten so far away from that? And deadliest here is not merely a metaphor. It signifies that pride brings both spiritual and physical death. You see, humility is a necessary practice in our walk with Jesus. Humility is also necessary for properly expressing the character of the kingdom and the living Jesus among us. And developing humility, like all the other disciplines we are discussing, takes practice. Now, unlike the other disciplines, it may feel impossible to know when you've achieved it, right? Like the old joke, right? Like, of all my virtues, humility is the best that I have, <laughs> right? Like, it, it, it's, it's one of those, you go in a round room and told to be sitting in the corner. Like, how do you know when you're humble? And as soon as you think you're humble, are you humble, right? <laughs> so it's, it's unique among the practices. It's unique among the virtues. And so we have to kind of come at it slant, we have, to, we have to come around it, and we have to be able to, to read the indicators 
that it's there without necessarily knowing fully, if ever, that we've arrived with that. Here's the thing. Understanding humility, I think it's best understood, is that humility is the consistent and correct understanding of our relationship to God, to ourselves, and to others. Humility is best if when we consistently and correctly understand the real relationship. Do we, re- do we really understand our relationship with God, what that means? God's deep and unending love and affection for us. Something we can never earn and also never lose. Do we understand the proper relationship to ourselves, who we are as whole human beings? Social, political, relational, physical, spiritual, psychological, the wholeness. We talk about wholeness in ourselves. Do we best understand our relationship to other people? That all of us are made in the image of God. There are none who are disqualified by any stretch of the imagination for any reason. Race, ability, gender, orientation, nothing Nothing disqualifies that. We're all created in the image of God. This is a huge part of what we believe here at at Grace of belong, become, believe. Because belonging is rooted in that humility that allows us to receive from others and to welcome others. Humility makes room for others. Humility also aids in our posture as learners, helping position us for godly formation. Last, humility underpins our confession. We confess things so that we may believe them. We do that with humility. And that opens the door to more believing, more faith. Now, this is all through the text. We see this all through the Bible. There's in the learning guide, we've, we've listed some Colossians 3. Paul writes, he says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourself with a heart of mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving with one another. He goes on to describe what that looks like to the Colossian church. Proverbs, all through the Proverbs, all through the wisdom literature, do we see this address? Proverbs 11.2, after pride came, disgrace followed, but wisdom comes with humility. We see humility connected to forgiveness, connected to wisdom. Romans 12, again, Paul writes, he says, Therefore I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, alive, holy, and pleasing to God which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and well-pleasing and perfect. How are we going to do this? He says, "For by the grace given to us, not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, but think with sober discernment. It talks about that's how we are ordered as members of the church together. It's rooted in humility. Our unity is rooted in humility. See, you see how humility underpins every 
one of the practices that we have. Without it, all the rest, they don't, they don't work. It doesn't happen. But of course, as always, the ultimate example of this is given in the life of Jesus. Philippians 2, the great hymn of the early church that talks about the self-emptying, the kenosis of Jesus, the humility of Jesus, and accepting the role, serving, sacrificing, showing up and staying in it to the very end. It's rooted in this humility. It was interesting as we were preparing the lesson this week, the the team, uh, Laura Googled up humility, right? That's you start every good, every good uh, study with a Google search, right? How to be humble. Put it into Google. Uh, what she found was most of the things have little to do with us. It's really not about us. It's it's about focused on on the other, being curious about the other, listening to the other, concerned about the other. You see, humility is thinking of ourselves in those correct relationships, and that opens the door to listening, to focusing on the other. Of course, C.S. Lewis's famous quote, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Right? It's It's not an abdication of self, it's not, you're not erasing yourself. It's just you're choosing where you put your focus, and your focus is less and less on yourself. Not in a not in a self-hating way, not in a self-neglecting way but in a curious way about others. Tim Keller kind of riffed on this, and and he he said he was talking about Lewis's quote, and he said, humility is not having to tie ourselves to every person in situation. And if I'm going to get super personal, this is probably where I really struggle. I'm I'm that kind of guy that, man, I hear someone's story, and I I want to say, yeah, let me tell you... that I had similar and oh you did yeah and and I did like it's not I don't even realize I'm doing it right but I'm trying to tie myself to everybody or to the story or to the thing going on and and for the longest time I didn't even recognize that as pride I didn't even recognize that as as inserting myself where I should just be listening I should just be watching. That's one of my disciplines is, you know, I don't, I don't have to be part of every story. I don't have to, I don't have to connect to everything that way. Well, you know, we've talked about how humility underpins all this, but to what end, to what end is humility? Why do, why are we instructed in this way? What is the benefit to the kingdom, what is the benefit to others? I think it's everything. I mean, if the world ever needed a witness of a humble church, it needs it right now. Today, in the midst of all the rancor and posturing and name-calling and entrenching and judging and shaming, all of these things are nurtured by pride. All of those things are nurtured by the opposite of humility. And it is poisoning us as a church and as a world. So how do we do this? How do we, how do we learn to practice humility? Again, 
like I said, it's one of those things where I don't know if we'll ever get there, y'all. I don't know if we'll ever get to the point where, like, humility check, got it, <laughs> done, good, right? Like, like you know, you can be generous, and I think you can take joy in generosity, right? You can recognize generosity, right? In service, you can you can serve someone, and you can take joy. You know you're not perfect at it, but you can really take joy in it. But when it comes to being humble, it's like, am I supposed to like this? <laughs> am I supposed to feel feel good that I'm been humble. So like I said, we have to kind of come at it slant. I heard one guy uh, one time say, he said, your dipstick for humility is gratitude. Because if you want to check your, if you want to check your humility level, how's your gratitude with that? I liked that a lot. But there's other things. One, one of the big things we talked about is asking questions. Being curious seeking to understand something from someone else's perspective, particularly someone you don't understand. Maybe even someone you don't agree with, as per a Facebook post that I read this week. Seeking to really listen to someone that maybe even makes you angry. We need to listen more than we speak. We need to give up the right to be right. As Willard said, we need to give up and practice not having the last word. We need to be willing to be misunderstood, marginalized, left out, rejected. We need to practice not justifying or defending ourselves. Not having to be right again. And of course, This is just the start of the list. There's so much more, and and we'll see that really humility is probably best practiced in conjunction with the other disciplines that we've talked about. Sacrificing and serving, being grateful, doing those things. Humility is going to be an ingredient of every one of those things rather than something that we take in a pure form. One of the best examples I know of this, just in a practical way, is serving with 99 balloons. I mean, we've, we support them as a church, and, and a lot of us in here serve with recess and the things like that. But as I watch that ministry here local, I watch what they do. I watch how the people um, respond that serve within that community. Um, I think they're a great example of humility that all of us can emulate in that. No. There's lots of things we could talk about, but in conclusion, I want, I want to just ask you to shut your eyes for a minute. We started this service breathing and making room for peace. And what I want you to do now is just imagine. I want to imagine what the world would look like with more humility in it. I want you to imagine how your life would look if you let go of those things. The need to always be right, the need to always have the last word, the need to tie yourself to everything, the need to justify yourself. That we often don't recognize as pride, but maybe breed it in us. 
Do you see it? Do you feel it? Isn't this the world we long for? The place we want to live? Raise our kids? Well, this world starts with us. Listen, God doesn't tell us to be humble and then leave us without what is needed to do that. I'm not saying we're going to do it in our own strength. We're not going to, just like everything else. But also, it's not impossible in the sense that God is calling us to do something, inviting us into something that we'll never be able to achieve. Humility starts with us. It starts with us individually. It starts with us collectively. This is accomplished when, by practice and revelation, in community and through the cultivation of personal disciplines, our hearts and minds are formed by the consistent, correct understanding of our relationship with God, ourselves, and others. May this be the thing we long for. May this be the thing we're known for. So I'm going to ask Alex and Jeff and the guys to come up. We're going to do communion now. Obviously, we're in a different time. So Ian and Jordan and Sean and Ryan, if you all want to come up, this is the way it's going to go. I actually like this practice because I I think it's really receptive or um, reflective of communion. So they're going to walk around, and you're going to hold your hands out there. They've got hand sanitizers and gloves. We prepared this safely. And you're going to take the cup, but then you're going to put your hand out, and they're going to place the, the bread in your hand so that not everybody's reaching in the, in the communion plate for that. Um, if you don't want to take communion, you can just cross your hands above your heart. But we want you to know that this table is open to everyone. Communion is for everything. This is the self-giving, sacrificial humbling of God. And that on that last night with his disciples, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. He gave himself humbly for us. Doing something for us we cannot do for ourselves. And we receive that with humility. Likewise, Jesus took the cup that night. He said, this is my blood poured out for you, humbly giving himself for us and for the redemption of the whole world, a world that was about to crucify him. Jesus gave himself the ultimate sign of humility. It's during this time also we take our offering. We're not going to take a physical offering, but we have a, a way to do that on the website, giving there, because we do that as a sign that none of us here is without something to give. And all of us have need. So we share as a sign of worship. And also this is a time to reflect. What is the Spirit spoken to you? Now is the time to make the intention to follow through on that. Don't walk away. Don't just let this wash over. But hold on to what the Spirit has said. And then I want to invite you to, after our, some, our worship and communion, um, if you need prayer, you just want to pray with someone, stick around. Um, you know, we don't, we're not meeting together often, so, uh, we'll mask up, we'll pray for each other. We'll have that time. Don't rush off. We've got a beautiful, beautiful weather, beautiful place to meet. Uh, 
to thank you again, everyone, for being here. It's really special you're here. Thank you for listening to the Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. You can find out more about us at gracechurchnwa.org. Have a blessed week.